Welcome back to the Technology in Worship podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eric Coleman, and my good buddy, Benji Satorius. Well, today we have a lot to share, but Benji, why don't we address the frequency of these episodes? Yeah, so we originally stated that we were going to do every other Monday, um, but we have so much content that I think we just are going to go every Monday. And it was so much fun to record. It was a lot of fun. And it sounds like the listeners enjoyed it, and it was a pleasing listener experience. Yeah. We just want to be there for some content vibes. Yep, be able to help everybody out. So that's what we're doing. But one thing that we thought was missing from the last podcast that we recorded that we really wanted to make sure that we dove into today is why technology and the use of it is so important in the church. So Benji, what is technology? What what do you know about technology? Anything? First, I think we need to really define what technology is. And so the definition of technology refers to the methods, systems, and devices, which are the result of scientific knowledge being used for practical purposes. But from there, then I think you look at the church and you really there dive into what is technology within the church? How is technology used within the church? I think a lot of people think of audio, video, lighting, computers, the internet, networking, like that's technology. I think that comes to most people's mind when they hear technology. Technology. Yep. And so in today's episode, we're going to dive into technology in the church, technology in worship, more specifically with, with how the use of technology works and is used in the audio, video, and lighting spectrum. And so uh, we're going to really dive into uh, effective ways of using technology, ineffective ways of using technology, and uh, just diving in and getting deeper with that stuff. But before we dive too deep into this discussion, uh, I think we should also figure out why do technical directors do what they do? Eric, why do you do what you do as the technical director at Harvest? (sighs) Man, I mean, it goes all the way back to those childhood days back here at Mission Bible Church, formerly Manuka Bible Church, serving in the youth group. And I just, I know, and I've been at enough events where a microphone isn't available or whatever, so it becomes very difficult to hear any message or a light is flickering during whatever event that is, or theater production, and how distracting that can be. Or when a visual, when a frame is, you know, not quite in frame or in focus, and how distracting that can be to the overall message. And I just haven't wanted that to be the case in the church realm, because we have the greatest message of all that people should be able to Like, I want them to be able to hear that message, to share the gospel with them. Um, So when we have the ability to amplify that and share it more pronounced, um, like that's such an encouragement to me. And I do believe that as far as the Great Commission, going out and making disciples, like we can have that impact in that process 
through the use of technology. Um, not to say that we shouldn't be doing that as individuals, but if we can assist the church in that way, like that brings me great joy and I'm happy to come along and be a part of that process. That's awesome. What, what do you, what do you, why do you do it? Yeah. So is that a good enough answer for you? Or do you a want a great better answer? I would say probably most technical directors probably are on the same page with that. For me, I would say just adding to that is I get very distracted when something like a microphone doesn't work or the mix sounds bad or um, lights are flickering, like you said. And so I, I grew up around computers. I grew up around technology. And so for me, it's just kind of in my blood. And so that type of stuff really stands out to me. Cables knotted, you know, stretched across mm. the stage. Oh, that's, that's nasty. So that stuff is just, just, I can't focus when that stuff, when I notice that stuff. And so I want to be able to create an environment where, it's hopefully distraction-free uh, where whatever message is being done from the stage, whether that's worship or preaching, it is done clearly, effectively, uh, distraction-free. So I think a lot of our, that, that is our job is to create an environment where distractions are hopefully Zero. Zero, minimal, zero. Obviously, it's technology and things happen, but hopefully eliminating those distractions as, as best as possible. And just being able to effectively let the message be told in the building and across the world if you know, you're live streaming and, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I hop on to different live streams now. Yes, some are churches, but I'm talking about like other live streams. And, you know, everyone's got a message that they're sharing. And I believe we have the greatest message to share about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want that to be shared clearly and effectively um, because I've also seen some of those streams where <laughs> their technology fails or their microphone's not working. And it's like, well, I, I can't hear you. So like, I'm just going to click away and go to find something else. So as you, as you mentioned, the uh, greatest message and that we get to communicate that back on the very, very first Mix You event. Out, wow, that's uh, taking me back. Yeah, that was Saddleback out in California. Yes. We, we were there. The we very were there first the ones. very first one. You know, fun story. I was there by accident in a way. Um, I guess not by accident, but I was not planning to go on that trip until pretty late in the game, I think, because you had bought one for our friend Carlos. You That's guys right. were supposed to go together. That's right. Um, but Carlos wasn't able to go. And then you reached out to me and asked if I wanted to go. Yep. And I was basically like, of course, I want to go to California. Why would I not want it to go to California? It was in January. And we, and we live in Illinois, which was, <laughs> it was really cold when we left. I remember leaving and I'm like, I cannot wait to get out of this place and go to California. And I think I recall getting back in a snowstorm. Yes, I think it was. <laughs> we either left or we came back in a, pre, I'm pretty sure it was when we came back. I'm pretty sure we came back in a snowstorm. Yeah. 
So the video that Mix You Guys played that day was of a video of a lady that uh, could not hear. And so uh, this video started with her in the doctor's office where they were working on, I believe, implants or... Some device. Some audio hearing device that could allow her to hear. And so uh, they worked with her and they put those on her ears and filmed her reaction when she could hear for the very first time. And it was super powerful. And to this day, I still remember that video. And so I play that for our audio training events here at Mission for our audio guys. And basically their point was, we have people that walk into our doors every Saturday, every Sunday, that that might be their very first time ever stepping foot in a church or ever hearing the message for the very first time and or tuning online for the very first time. And so it's our job to help that message be told and heard without distractions, nice and clear. And like it's a very high, important job that we've got that could change the history of someone's life for, for as long as they live and eternity. Eternity. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, it was super powerful and it was, it was awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. That was a really good, impactful video. I do remember watching that for the first time at MixU. Um, just really revives in me the verse from Romans 10, 17, where it says that faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. I mean, in those days, people would literally have to travel from town to town shouting out like, hey, here's some good news, the gospel. Um, and now we get to amplify that with our you know, technology, yep. the speaker system, the video online um, in the room, uh, video, visual and video storytelling. Um, we have the greatest message to share. Um, and I know that I want to be a part of that and do it in a God-honoring way. Yeah, so in Matthew 28, 16 through 20, talks about the Great Commission and going and making disciples of all nations. And BoxCast actually has a really good uh, article on their site that shows about four different verses that talk about technology in the Bible and how to use those and things like that. And within that article, they talk about how people are starting to use their laptops and tablets and iPhones more and more every single day and how we can use technology to send the message to them, whether that's live streaming, Facebook stories, Instagram stories, all this type of technology that we can use as a church to reach those people, even though they're not in our doors at that specific time. Yeah, and hopefully that does bring them closer to Jesus in the process. That's right. the ultimate goal. Yep. Brings them closer or just encourages them at that day or for the rest of that week, whenever they hear whatever that might, that message might be. Plants the seed. Yep. Uh, so why don't we talk about what are some effective ways of using technology in worship? What's a, what we've talked about, you know, being able to have a microphone turn on and, 
and how important that is to hear and lights and things like that. But what's, what's another effective way that technology can be used within the church for a, a church service? Well, I know it is super helpful in some contexts, specifically mine, um, for our, you know, for everyone who's on stage to have the ability to uh, either like display sermon notes so that people can see those um, from the congregational seats or from their device. Also for our team, it's very helpful for our volunteers who are singing on our platform to be able to see the lyrics um, for the song. Um, I mean, there's so many examples. People sitting in the lobby um, enjoying a cup of coffee while you know the service is going, um, we, or even before service, or even before you service. know you've got music playing that kind of sets the mood a little bit as yep. they're entering the building, not necessarily the room. So that fills the, you know, the, it, it kind of starts as you walk in the building. Really, uh, you walk in the building. At least at Harvest, we've got displays showing the room of the service where the service is happening, and you walk in. You can hear some music, which I guess now is just royalty-free music from Soundstripe, but um, that's going. Um, We have, obviously, the pastor microphone for the main teaching time, sermon notes display on the screen. We have song lyrics display on the screen for both the congregation and for those singing so they can be confident and and sing well and worship the Lord in that way. Um, all of our instruments have either a microphone or an amplified signal that's coming into the system. I don't know if that answers the question though about what's some effective ways. I mean, I, I mean, guess those are effective. Without you're, you're, that, it wouldn't happen. An electric guitar would not be heard. Sure. Um, without an amp even, which is a form of technology. So we're amplifying that signal with the house system. What about you? What What do you think of? So for us at Mission, that's a very similar setup for us as well. Uh, I would take it a step further and, you know, talk about the lighting. You know, the, the lighting can make or break a moment. And it sets the tone. It sets the tone. It can enhance you can have one song done the exact same way and change the lights to a different look. And that song could really be way more powerful or it could be more distracting depending on how the lights are set. Yeah, if you have the... Strobes, have go, the strobes, strobes going, going on. Uh, yeah, probably, probably not the best way to do that. Um, and, and even just the lights as people walk into the room can set the mood before the service even starts. You know, do you have your lights turn on 100%? Are they 50%? Do you have some sort of colored LED lights on stage to kind of set the mood um, to just get people ready to be in that moment for the next hour, or hour, 15, hour and a half, however long they're going to be in that room? Really can make a huge impact on a person. And there's definitely something to be said about like color theory. Like certain colors bring about different emotions in people that are pretty universal. So not to uh, manipulate seems like a strong word to use 
people into a certain mood or mindset, but it can definitely enhance right. the song message yep. or teaching message. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that would be one more step further, I would say, for for mission. So I got another question for you. I'm ready for okay. it. What would you say for all of 2021? So all of last year. Wow. One purchase that you made that made a huge impact or just super important or was super needed that really helped you communicate the message better or to do your job more effective or made a process easier or something along those lines? Well, it's not about the gear, um, but we did purchase several broadcast cameras which was really helpful for... Especially in this time of COVID that people are more relying on video. Super helpful for people to see online. Obviously, without the lights turned on, (laughs) they wouldn't be able to see. (laughs) Kind of pointless Even though we have great cameras, (laughs) lighting is a huge part of that. Yep. Um, So I would say that was like the most impacting purchase that we made, but... Aside from that, like learning just how to how to automate those cameras from the camera angles that we chose or just team development and making sure that the shots were in frame. Um, like we could purchase the best gear out there, but if we didn't know how to use it and use it effectively, like what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, you could have someone that is very knowledgeable on cheap equipment and probably get a job done just as effectively or more than someone that's not trained on the best equipment. Yes. So knowledge is super important, not just having the best gear, um, but that knowledge really, really is needed. So I wish I could give you an example of like a small price ticket item that I feel like made a big impact. But in this case, it was like a pretty substantial amount of money to purchase a whole fleet of cameras. Well, like you said in the previous episode, you were coming from PTZ robotic cameras, correct? Correct. Yeah, so it wasn't like, oh, we just need one more camera to enhance our video system. It was like, no, we need to get all new cameras to be able to effectively show our message to the people in the atrium and as well as all around the world. Yes. Yeah. So we made that purchase. Can you think of something that you feel is the same way for you here? I would say one for us is a KVM system. Oh, that's right. And for those that don't know what a KVM system is, that is a keyboard, video, and mouse system. And so what that allows us to do is have all of our computer towers or the physical computer itself in one location in a room. And then we have user stations, which is where the keyboard and monitor and mouse Mouse. is located. Um, And then any user can access any computer from anywhere in the building where there's a user station. And so it opens up a lot of flexibility so people aren't necessarily have to be stuck at one computer monitor to access one computer. So... No longer do we have to get up to walk to the other computer. We can just do a a keystroke command. 
we can access six or seven computers without leaving our chairs. So, so it opens up a lot of flexibility for our volunteers to be able to access different computers without having to, oh, does this mouse work this computer or this mouse and get confused and all that stuff. It's super awesome and just streamlined the whole, our whole system. Cleaned up a lot of wires. We, have, we had a lot of wires everywhere. So we, we went from, I believe we had four, I think four computers at front of house originally, three or four, to no computers at front of house, but two user stations that can now access those four or any of the other computers remotely, basically. And so we've got stations at front of house. We've got our track station up on stage, uh, monitor world, broadcast room. They're all over the place. So it's, uh, it was a game changer, I would say. Similarly, we use the screen sharing app. Yep. And that has been great too, just to be able to type in the specific IP address, whether connected on the network or through a VPN offsite, um, to be able to access computers to make changes um, when I'm not on site. Uh, it's, it's super helpful. So if you're outside the network, you can connect to your VPN, type in the IP address of a specific computer on your production network, and you could access that computer from outside the building. Yep, I could be as if at, you're sitting there, sitting at the coffee shop. As long as they have a Wi-Fi connection, yep. that's that's a really cool technology because pretty decent. I think a lot of people nowadays, well, especially with COVID, they're working from home or working remote or they might actually be sick with COVID and can't come into the building, but you can now access your computers remotely and as if you were sitting at the computer and um, basically just get all your programming set, your lighting or ProPresenter, audio, whatever it might be, uh, done remotely, which is pretty cool. So TeamViewer is an option. I think that's for commercial use, I believe there's a charge. We were using TeamViewer we now use a VPN through our firewall. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, been Chrome. Great. Yeah, Google Chrome has a screen sharing option. I've never in. used that. I've seen other people on Facebook post about that, though. Can you still, you could still access those computers that you KVM in remotely because you have a VPN, right? So we have a Dell Sonic Wall firewall. That's kind of hard to say. Dell Sonic Wall Firewall. Yeah. Dell Sonic Wall Firewall. Okay, enough, De- enough of that. Uh, and that's how we VPN into our network. So if I'm at home or a coffee shop, whatever, I can uh, open that up, connect in, and I just type the IP address of any of those computers because they're still on the network. And then uh, I can access those and, and I can do my work remotely. Excellent. So I have really enjoyed this talk. And I do think we've discussed, you know, the importance of technology and worship. I've been wondering, since we both work in our own church environments, what was, like, I guess a high from this past weekend and a low? And you don't have to go in that order either. But, you know, what was something that went well, you saw the team, like, achieve and then what was something that didn't go so well that you would like to see that one inch or 1% growth for next time? So I'm going to start on a low. 
so we can end on a high. And so our low for this past weekend, unfortunately, Pro Presenter 7 crashed on us. No. Three times. Not once. Not twice. But three times? <laughs> three times. Now, I love ProPresenter. Me too. I'm on the beta testing program with uh, ProPresenter. It's great being on that team and fixing issues and giving support and giving future updates, ideas, and things like that. Um, and I will be 100% honest with you. ProPresenter has been rock solid Which for I mission. I don't understand because it has not been rock solid for me. Rock solid. And so uh, when Pro 7 first came out, we were on a trash can Mac Pro running, I believe, seven outputs from that thing. And it it's was crazy. flawless. No issues at all. Amazing. And then the M1 Mac Mini then got released. And there was some talk of Will this work? Will this not work? It can only support two outputs. How is this going to work for ProPresenter and all that stuff? And so I bit the bullet and I bought one. Wow. <laughs> I was like, well, that is a risk. So someone's got to try it. Brand new technology. Brand new technology. And let me remind you, we weren't having issues with the Mac Pro, but for the price of the M1, it was like, Almost too good to be true. But I'm like, it you know, is too good to be true. That like, is it true. It still is. It still is. So I end up buying the 16 gig version because you can't, you can't upgrade that RAM. Very smart. And got the M1 with a deck link quad card, which gives you eight outputs because we needed, uh, I believe we're running six or I think six outputs right now from that, six or seven, right around there. And so I, I bit the bullet and I bought all that with the Sonic technology enclosure. Again, no issues. Worked flawlessly. Seven outputs, six outputs, whatever it was, no issues. Also running QLab on the same computer. Lighting, lighting. on the same computer. I was sending, um, well, at that time, MIDI cues. Now it's macros, but MIDI cues out for pitch control and automation and all this stuff. I, I don't want to say it, but... I think we were running Spotify at that time too, which you're not supposed to do. So sorry, Spotify, but we're not doing that anymore. But we're, so we're running all these apps on this one single Mac Mini, no issues. ProPresenter, no issues. And so it's been super, super rock solid for us until yesterday. Until yesterday. Which is weird because there's been no updates for ProPresenter for a while. So. And I don't think there's been any software updates, so there wasn't really anything that I can remember that had changed. But all of a sudden, so like 10 minutes pre-service, it forced shutdown. So they restarted the app. And then I believe it was like three or four minutes before service, shut down again. And so I'm like, oh man. What do I do? What do I do? And at this point, I'm, You're actually, not even there. I'm not here. I'm at our other campus. And so another use of technology, we've got the Unity Intercom system, which is amazing. Amazing. Which, if you don't know what that is, go check it out. Uh, but that allows us to, that's our intercom system. But beyond that, we can actually talk from campus to campus uh, with headsets over the internet. 
And so I'm, I'm chatting with them back and forth and trying to figure it out. And I, I probably should have told them to restart the computer, but we're talking three minutes before service probably wasn't a good time to do that. With lighting and everything on that Oh yeah, because everything's on that computer. And so they went ahead and they went through the service. No issues. First service went great. Second service, shut down again. Force quit. Luckily, it was at a time where, from what I was told, it wasn't super noticeable for our congregation. Uh, But it force closed itself. I don't know why. It could have just been the computer needed to be a restart and there's nothing wrong with the app. I don't know. But Have you restarted it since then yet? I have not, but I'm going to. Get on that KVM. Yeah. I, I'm going to, but yeah, that was, that was a little weird. And obviously not being here was a little, uh, trying to troubleshoot things remotely to see, okay, is there an issue? Why is this all of a sudden doing this force, force shutdown stuff? Um, and to piggyback off that, my high is how well my team handled that. And so I've always tried to be calm in the storm. And not to ignore an issue, but to not get riled up and frustrated about it, or at least not come across that way to my team. And so, and I think that speaks out to my team and they, they read off of that and that's how they respond when there's an issue as well. And so, again, going back to the original makes you back in Saddleback, Andrew Stone mentioned he never runs for an emergency. Never run. Unless I believe there was a fire in the building. Unless there's a fire in the yes, building. Yes, but he then said, you run. <laughs> find the exit and go. Uh, but he, he communicated multiple times that you don't run because one, people know who you are because you're on staff. And if they see you running, they know something's wrong. They probably don't know what is wrong, but they know something's wrong. Um, and so it's a distraction, again, Early on, we're saying we want to be as distraction-free as possible. And so don't run to upstage or anything like that. The other reason I think of is that it gives you time to think of a solution as you're walking yeah. up to the problem. You have time to process, okay, what is going on? It could be this connection, <laughs> this cable. Yep. Yep. There's so many areas for error yep. and different yeah, so it's, if, you're, if you're running from, let's just say, front of house to backstage, and let's just say the walk normally takes you 45 seconds, let's say, but you're running and you can get there in 20 seconds. Well, it's really hard to think about a solution while you're running. And so, one, you're taking time away, but secondly, you're also having less time to think about that problem as well and how to how to find that problem and so for me when there's a problem i'm walking to that problem i'm not causing a big commotion or or trying to draw attention to myself or anything like that and so i take my time i think about okay i need to check this connection or this connection or fix this This or whatever it might be whatever it is and so that gives me time to process okay this is what we've already done or this is the issue this is what i've already done and this is what I need to check. And so that's, that's also stuck with me from the original MixU. And so, um, yeah, my team handled it awesome. They just, radi- they just called over to me and said, hey, ProPresenter just crashed. 
So they're like, oh, we just opened it back up and it looks like it's good. And then all of a sudden it crashed again. And again, super calm, no big deal. And so, yeah, so they're just, they were just super calm and, and professional about it. And I just, I just super appreciate that. I know other staff members and our worship team feed off of that as well. And so, you know, if someone's worked up or multiple people are worked up about something that comes across and other people are going to read off of that. And so, and I always like to say probably 98% of the time, unless it's a big issue, most people in the room don't know that there's an issue. We know what the stage is supposed to look like, or we know what the band is supposed to sound like because we've rehearsed. We know the mixing and all that stuff. Our eyes and ears are focused differently than a, a regular attender at a church. And so they probably have no idea that there's even an issue, again, unless it's something big. And so drawing attention only makes people alert of, oh, there's an issue. And now I just missed 30 seconds of the message from the pastor because now I'm focused on this team or this technical director who's now distracting running across the room or distracting me. And now I've missed point one or two or whatever of the message. And so, uh, yeah, staying super calm and all that. So what about you, Eric? This past weekend, we implemented a new computer on stage. Um, and that computer is running tracks from the playback app for multi-tracks, multi-tracks. as well as main stage by Apple for our keyboard sounds. And this past weekend was the first time we used that computer with our keyboard and with playback so on the like same computer. On the same computer. So it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of asking for trouble a little I, bit. I mean, yeah. But we've done it in the past using uh, Ableton on, on uh, you know, a fellow staff member's computer. And it, everything worked fine. Um, you did, you, you've done... We've done both, the same... Both apps on the staff computer? Yes. At not, the same time. Not playback, though. Ableton and main, Ableton and main, main stage. stage. Yeah. But this weekend something did go awry. <laughs> and there were gremlins in the computer or keyboard or something. I don't know how gremlins get into the I don't church. know how they do either. Like we have a Saturday service and a Sunday service and Saturday goes amazing. The building's locked up. No one's coming in that church, but then on Sunday nothing works. <laughs> How does this happen? <laughs> Continue on. Well, let me tell you. Well, um, so we're automating a lot. So a lot of things are tied to the other. And one of those things is that our lyrics are tied with the tracks coming from the playback, playback app. Yep. So as the song plays through, it's grabbing different slides, specific slide numbers from those sections so it grabs slide 22 when it's the chorus and then slide three when it's the verse kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's normally all fine and dandy. When, and it, when it works. When it works, and we love that system. But in this particular case, for some reason, 
whenever a specific key on the piano keyboard was played, it would <laughs> jump sections in the playback app. Which then messes up your lyrics. Which then messes up the lyrics because oh, they're oh, automated. Man. Which then messes up our team because they're automated. So <laughs> it's jumping from one section <laughs> of the song to the other. Which then messes up the confidence level. Basically, it messes up everything. Which then messes up the lighting because it might grab a whole different song. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that might have happened this past weekend during the first service. Something, Yikes. Something similar. Yikes. Uh, so, before we get into how you, how you uh, fix that issue, what, what computer is this? Is it a Mac oh, Mini? This is a 20... This is a it's a refurbished MacBook Pro 13 inch. Okay. Um, it is not an M1. Okay. It is a i9, I think. Yep. So n- newer. Newer, yep. re- refurbished but newer. Should be handle it great. Running Dante uh, as the interface. And I would I'd probably make it clear that it was not a. This was not a user error. It was not. Well, it was not. I was going to say it was not a lack of power computer issue. No. The computer handled both apps fine. Correct. There was not lag or anything like that. There was no lag. There was no. So the issue was your keyboard is sending a MIDI, MIDI note to main stage. Yes. And that main stage is probably passing that note to playback. Yes. Or somewhere along that somewhere line. Somewhere in there or crosstalks. There's somehow. some sort of crosstalk yep. that didn't happen during the rehearsal that day. Of course not, because rehearsal always goes well. We had even we kind of discovered this issue during our Saturday night service rehearsal. We discovered an issue on our keyboard. So we, our solution was, okay, we're just going to run tracks off of an iPad, left, right, clicks, and tracks. So that's what we did Saturday night. We stayed extra to work out the kinks on a different keyboard than the one we had there. And we had it working out great. And that evening went home feeling good, woke up, did rehearsal, feeling good. Working fine. Working fine. But yeah, in first service this week, it kind of just fell apart. <laughs> the, the the train crashed hard. Which, obviously, you know, as a technical director, was really frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, when did when did you implement this new computer? Was this on Saturday afternoon at like four o'clock? No, <laughs> no, because that's something like some people would do. Like you, <laughs> Bro, I, I mean, I wouldn't say so. It. This was definitely the first weekend with sure. it, and it was the first. Uh, but we we went in there on like Wednesday. And okay, spent, so middle of the week, you got this new computer set up, got everything installed. Probably did a quick sound. Yeah, check. we did. We everything did a bunch working. of checks. Your played. rehearsals are on Saturdays before service. Yep, Saturdays before service. So then you come in. There was an issue at that time. At that time. Yep. So then you switch it out, go with the... No, you, you leave the keyboard the same, but switch your tracks to an iPad. Yes, yes. Then after the service, you guys stayed switched late. Switched the keyboard. Yep, and it was working fine. And switched it back to the computer, and it was fine. 
Yeah. Sunday morning. So then you were able to sleep very well. Yep. Sunday morning rehearsal went fine. Fine. And then then it all broke loose. During first service, it all broke loose. (laughs) (laughs) So then that happened. You have another, you have two services on Sunday. Yes. What did you do for the second service or between services? What did you do? Not even between. (laughs) During service, uh, during the sermon of the first service, we had already ran those lines for the iPad to be used and we didn't tear them down yep. the night before. So we just knew we were going to go back to that method and just had to do some relinking like yep. right on the fly. Um, through Dante, right? Uh, yeah, the click was routed through Dante. Yep. yep. So I had to make that reconnection to the in-ear monitoring system mm-hmm. as well as the board didn't have it on Dante. Right, it was right. analog, but uh, just had to basically make sure we knew that. The only question was, okay, are we going to be linked for the lyrics? Are we going to all sorts of like little different things? Because we all had that automation stuff. Yes, and yep. we had no time to test, test it because yep. like we're doing this live. We're like, it's probably going to be a train wreck if we use <laughs> the other computer again. It might be so, a less of a train wreck, but it maybe a train wreck yeah. or maybe not. So we put the iPad back in. We got everything connected. Worked great. No problems for that last song. Oh, so you had a song after the worship. So during the, or you had a song after the sermon. Yeah. After so the during sermon. the sermon is when you're doing all this, fingers crossed, this last song as your closer song. And there was no intro works. to the song or anything. Oh boy. So it just went straight <laughs> in. So we like literally didn't know. And it worked. It worked. And then you kept that the same for we the, kept last, that the second the same service. for the second service, flawless. Um, and the team did great. Something that our worship team pointed out to me that, you know, I wasn't quite thinking about, but in that moment, it was a great opportunity. Normally our worship team on stage is, you know, they're the ones leading the people. But in this instance, what was really cool was the people of the congregation started to lead them. Um, so it's kind of like a reverse role thing because some of our people in the congregation really knew the songs very well, or this particular song that yep. was messing up at the time. Um, so that was pretty special to watch and hear, yeah. like the actual congregation singing even though they knew the lyrics on screen were wrong <laughs> yes um, they were singing it out yeah so that was that, was that, pretty that actually reminds me of a story that happened uh oh it was probably six or eight months ago when our sound system turned off mm, in the <laughs> that's a good one in the middle of the service in the middle of worship our sound system turns off and uh it actually like obviously as a technical director and that's my job is to make sure all tech goes good and smooth and I was actually I was on sound at that time or that service and even though that really sucked and it was terrible it was actually really cool because I could actually hear the congregation who's facing away from me right because we're behind them they're facing the stage and I could hear the congregation just singing because obviously there's no sound in the room at this point. And it was just super cool. So we ended up getting the sound system back on. Everything went smooth after that. But it was it was a weird moment because it was a frustrating like moment. Handing them the baton. Yep. Totally, totally out of my hands, basically at that time or that point. 
and just listening to them sing for, it felt like four hours, but I think in reality it was like 30 seconds or maybe a minute where they were just basically on their own. So obviously we don't want that to happen again. So I did stay later yesterday working with that keyboard and the software on the computer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I have not found a actual really? solution yet. I really thought you would have found a a, a note that was shared between um, things. Well, I'm sure I will. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't get an opportunity to dive that deep yep. into it yet before before I had to leave. Um but I'm looking forward to that puzzle. You have to uh, let us know on the next episode. Puzzle of- this week. What uh, what you did to fix that? Because we do have a great keyboard, we have a great uh, computer, we have a great team. Um, so, like, I obviously want it to work, and uh, we'll make it. We'll make it work. So, why did you switch from Ableton to Playback? Uh, we made the switch because Ableton is kind of it's definitely more featureful when you like really break it down it can do a lot more yeah. it's a daw it's also this automation stuff playback it, it can do a lot it can do a lot but for ease of use for other volunteers to get involved in the process of creating sets we opted now that playback has a bunch of the features that it has like it didn't have them when we looked at it before we opted to you know switch to it it really does. I mean, it, it simplifies the process of creating a set list and building it out for the tracks and even just choosing which tracks are in and which tracks are out. Um, but yeah, and it can do all the MIDI functionality that we were doing. Just in this case, there was something that we overlooked and we'll have to figure out exactly what it is that's causing the conflict. Well, uh, this was a really good episode. Yeah, and, uh, I'm excited to listen to it five ho- times like I did the last episode. Ho- hopefully uh, people get something out of it. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to get the next episode rolling and, and all that fun stuff. Make sure you uh, subscribe and like this podcast and share it with all your tech buddies. And uh, we will be back with you next Monday. <laughs>